0: When I shoot my shot, it's the whole wide way it's going, in. Cross niggas like Bubba Chuck, I never gave a fuck. Hook shot a hole like Kareem, but I never lead a book. I hit that Genobi with my left hand on like, woo! Bitch, you weren't with me, shooting in the gym? Wrong nights, I perform like Mike. Anyone, Tyson, Jordan, Jackson, action. James, James Harden with the range. of me nigga, way back. Michael Jordan, 1985, bitch, I travel with a cocaine circuit. And you can live through anything if magic made it. So they asked me, they asked me. Young boy. Young boy. What you gonna do the second time around how you gonna come back i tried told him i come back like 32 i jump back like 33 33 what up my fellow nick fans this is your guy marcellus ease and don't panic quite yet now before i get to my weekly quick hits i want you guys to definitely check out in the description below my weekly gems I know you guys have a lot of different hobbies, interests. There's music playlists, cooking recipes for those of you that's trying to chef it up during quarantine. There's also stuff on business and fashion, all downloadable straight into your phone, all on the cloud. So definitely check out the Weekly Gems below. Now, this season, we're seeing a number of Knicks players going through a renaissance. Particularly, I want to focus on Derrick Rose. As we've seen in the game against Memphis, he basically took Ja Morant to school. He was hitting clutch shots. He was more poised. He was more level-headed this season. As we're seeing in the second go-around with the Knicks, Derrick Rose, it's almost like he's a different person. He's more balanced. It's almost like Derrick Rose is in a sweet spot we wish we saw Allen Iverson get to in the later part of his career, where he was more content, more balanced, more understanding of his role, in which he could really be effective by helping a young team get to another level, but at the same time still making an impact. And sometimes we don't get to see something like this play out because maybe even in AI's case, maybe he didn't have the right kind of management and people around him so he can come to that understanding. Because this season we're seeing Derrick Rose with Tibbs and Leon Rose versus the Derrick Rose that we've seen with Phil Jackson and his regime. Because we all know that they were stuck in their ways, particularly with the Triangle, and they weren't really working with the talent that they had. Phil kind of came in on some, I'm, I'm a godfather. I have all these rings. And whatever I did before, I'm going to force it down you guys' throats. And it didn't work. Guys didn't buy in. I mean, you see Derrick Rose this season. He's, he's, he's in it. You see the emotion, the way he cares. It wasn't like that before. Remember when he just didn't show up to a game? He even check in with the team in 24 to 48 hours? And he even showed up the next time that we seen him with a different haircut. He had the dreads rocking before he had the fro. And then he came through with the dreads. Like, yo, y'all ain't heard from me in 24 hours. But yet I got a new hairstyle. That shit was crazy. Like there was a major disconnect there. I mean, I kind of knew there was a disconnect already when I heard Phil Jackson talking about making Kirk Rambis the coach. And Kirk Rambis is a losing coach. I mean, that West Coast style of play just didn't fit in on the East Coast. So I don't know where the hell Phil Jackson was even going with this. But when it comes to this season, we're seeing everything come in full circle when a player has the right people around him that understand him. And it's almost like Derrick Rose is a complete different player. I know he was already coming into his maturation, but just his involvement this season, it's a lot different. And just knowing what we know about Phil, the beef he had with Porzingis, the beef he had with Melo, he was beefing with everyone. And just the way Derrick Rose left the team talking about he didn't trust Steve Mills. This is a complete turnaround. For God not to trust an organization, but to come back. Because the people there are different. And once again, it's great to see everything is just coming in full circle. D-Rose caring a lot. And it shows, man. It shows in the play. You see it in the emotion in the interviews. And now we're able to understand the disconnect that happened the first time around. Because it was interesting that Clyde Frazier has said During the broadcast, when Phil Jackson was there, they were trying to make Derrick Rose a three-point shooter. See, once again, there was a major disconnect with Phil being here. He just didn't understand the players, and it was clearly obvious that no one was on the same page from the coaching, to the GM, to the players. And with the Knicks today, that's really not the case. Speaking of upper management, the media is still trying to figure out what is Leon Rose trying to do? Once again, the media is still trying to figure out what is Leon Rose really trying to do here. Now, this week we see rumors coming out that the Knicks are interested in getting a star. Damian Lillard's name is being thrown out there. But you see, Leon Rose right now is mastering the science of keeping things airtight. Because if you look at all the good organizations, things are pretty much that way. You could look at the Warriors, you never know what they're gonna do. They landed Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins in 2015 out of nowhere. No one knew they were even in the game. You could even look at Rob Pelink and the Lakers. They just started mastering that whole science of just keeping things airtight because Magic Johnson was the complete opposite. You could even say the same thing for the Clippers because we all know Jerry West is in that mix of just front office people over there and they just landed a trade for Rajon Rondo and that was pretty much out of nowhere. I mean, you could even look back to see how they landed Kawhi. It was out of nowhere because they were keeping things airtight. See, there's an art in keeping things airtight within the circles of GMs. And in Leon Rose's case, he's mastering that art of being a trustworthy negotiator. It's almost like, hey, I'm trusting you with the information I just gave you that you're not gonna try to leverage this with another team and it's gonna leak out to the press. So they're gonna know what kind of moves I'm gonna make And it's potentially going to fuck up our deal and put me in a bad position. And that's the, I'm just speaking from a lens from a potential front office person, because this tends to be how information leaks out. I mean, look at that CP3 trade to the Lakers. The general manager for the Pelican was so anxious to do the trade that he messed it up, that the information got out too early before it was even executed. But once again, just going back full circle, Leon Rose is mastering the science of being a trustworthy negotiator and when i see this type of information get out the knicks are possibly pursuing damian lillard i know for the most part it's cap, because since leon rose has arrived to master square garden the media has been trying to figure out what the hell the knicks are doing and they have yet to crack it i mean we found out about the derrick rose trade almost the day of and once again it's good to see that things are airtight because right now with most of these successful organizations in the league right now they run this type of game where things are just kept in-house and they tend not to leak out and we all know leon rose has really good relationships and right now for the first time i think the fan base is starting to see the importance of that and how that's slowly cooking up into our favor because with our last team president steve mills he did not have those type of relationships. And we've seen how, for the most part, we were at the losing end of most of the trades that were made with him sitting in the chair of president. Now, a lot of us in the fan base are upset that Alfred Payton is actually starting some of these games at point guard. And the point guard position in today's NBA is in a unique spot because that position is changing. It's evolving. Stephen Curry definitely changed that position. We all always hear that. But it's really the need of a pure point guard is what's really changing. And when I talk about a pure point guard, I'm talking about a pass first guy that plays great defense, that kind of runs the team's offense and set guys up. A lot of NBA players today, even from the center position, going to the power forward, to the small forward, to the shooting guard. These guys front facing game is so crazy, so skilled that they don't even really need a setup, man. Not all the time like they used to. I mean, look at the post-up. Guys don't even really use the post-up game anymore like that. That's how much their dribbling skills have gone up. Just overall, their front-facing game is crazy. I mean, why do you think a lot of guys this season are getting their ankles broken? If you notice this season, a lot of guys are falling on the floor. They're getting caught lacking. Why is that? It's not because, you know, the defense got worse. A lot of guys, man, I'm telling you, their front-facing game is insane. And it's, almost at all positions and the need of a traditional point guard particularly like Alfred Payton is not really needed as much you could have one guy on the roster like that maybe give him 15 to like 20 minutes But other than that you don't really need him most guards in the league today are just pretty much jump shooters and they're pretty much setting themselves up they're expected to take a bunch of shots and once again this is a Stephen Curry evolution he's really changing the game Almost in the same way Jordan changed the game when when he came in, it was almost thought of you needed a center and build through that. But Jordan showed that you could actually build a winning product by having a shooting guard be that focal point. But a traditional point guard like Alfred Payton is definitely needed. Almost the same way an NFL team needs a fullback. You're going to need him in certain drives, maybe fourth and one, to utilize him. For the most part, he's not used as much. But the importance of having him will show up in key crucial situations during the game. And once again, that's crazy that Steph evolutionized the game so crazy at the point guard position that the old traditional point guard is now the new fullback of an NBA team. And I'm not saying that to slight any point guard that has that traditional style of play. It's still needed, because if you look at most of the teams that are competing this season for a championship, they at least have one guy on their roster. That fits that old traditional mold of a point guard. The Utah Jazz has Mike Connolly. The Philadelphia 76ers got George Hill. The Lakers have Alex Caruso. The Miami Heat last season, which was really important for them to get to the finals, was Gordon Dragic. And I could also make the argument for a team that's pretty shitty, but they still went out and got a traditional point guard. Even though they made a trade for D'Angelo Russell, they still went out and got Ricky Rubio Is the Minnesota Timberwolves. So once again, the traditional point guard does have a space on a roster, but they're almost fitting him in like a fullback for certain key crucial situations during the game or depending on what kind of players are already out there on the court. Maybe they can't set themselves up in the second string guys off the bench. That's where a traditional point guard could sometimes fit in. Or sometimes when you have too many ISO guys on the floor, you need to run at least some sort of offense against certain teams that are more defensive minded maybe you fit him in there so alfred payton this season has sometimes been a nuisance but he's almost like a necessary evil to have because he at least brings some sort of balance to an offense when guys go all over the place they're just ice swing all the time the pace of the game is too up and down when particularly in our case for the knicks they're not an up and down team like that You're gonna need someone to at least bring some sort of structure to the game, some sort of control and balance. So once again, Alfred Payton is a necessary evil, even if we play him for 15 to 20 minutes a game. And last but not least, Obi Top in this season, man, he has a nice bar to look at, at what exactly is the standard to be at the power forward position when he's looking at Julius Randle. I know he's not getting a lot of minutes, but he is shooting over 48%, which is not bad. His three-point shooting could come up, but that'll come up in more game reps. And remember, there was very little preseason, training camp, and most importantly, summer league. Summer league is a time where most young guys begin to get used to the speed, the pace of the NBA game. So Obi top in this season was sort of just thrown in there due to the pandemic. But him being behind Julius Randle, especially the way Julius Randle is playing, it kinda sets a standard for Obi Toppin to follow. He has something sorta to look back and reference to. See, it's different when you see it from other players on different teams, but when you see a guy's work ethic, the time he puts in, and the results every day because he's on your team, that makes a huge difference. In a way, it's sort of like an indoctrination process for the rookies coming into the league. What do they get used to off-rip? Do they get used to guys working hard? Or do they get used to guys joking around, not being serious, and being lazy? You see, I could even take this back to when Nate Robinson and David Lee were on the Knicks. Every time the team got new free agents, they would always tell them to, yo, it's not the league standard that this is the way to practice, and this is how serious we're supposed to take these games. It's just the culture here. And that was basically just veterans telling Nate Robinson and David Lee, You guys don't get accustomed to this bullshit. But as far as Obi Toppin, he'll be straight because he has a perfect example in Julius Randle and what to be aiming for. So with Obi Toppin right now, it's hard to judge. I don't want to look too far into it. I know some of the fan base is upset that the Knicks did not draft Tyrese Halliburton. And I want to talk about how sometimes an agent or a player can self-sabotage themselves because maybe the agent has a great relationship with a team. And he sort of gets his player into that team, which I think is something that kind of went on with Tyrese Halliburton here, man, because something doesn't make sense of why he went so far down in the draft. It seems like the Kings had a backdoor deal made with him and his agent, and they were kind of gun-holding getting there. And due to the pandemic, it being hard for teams to meet up with players, and they were mostly viewing most of their workouts through Zoom. It wouldn't be that hard to self-sabotage yourself to fall down the draft in order to be with another team that you liked in particular. And once again, I would not be surprised if the NBA investigates what's going on between his agent and the Sacramento Kings. I sense a backdoor deal payment was arranged between them two. But that's just me guessing. It's not factual, but something is rotten there. But we've seen family members and agents play this game before. Because you could look at Eli Manning and how he got to the Giants. His his father basically self-sabotaged him by saying that they did not want to play for the San Diego Chargers. So that's how Eli Manning ended up on the Giants. So if you look at last year's NBA draft with the limited in-person one-on-ones due to the pandemic and the Zoom workouts, it wouldn't be that hard to self-sabotage yourself to fall down the draft and look good for one particular team. So some of the fan base that's gun hold on Halliburton, don't stay too stuck on that because a lot of teams, they just weren't interested because they didn't see anything. And last year, due to the pandemic, it's not hard to hide your talents when you're doing nothing but Zoom interviews. So it is what it is. You guys, be sure to check out my channel page. There's other videos I do pertaining to things around the league. I also have a in-gaming streaming show that I do where we just chop it up about music, culture. You guys can also participate on that. Just hit me up on my Discord channel for the Knicks. You can send me a gamer tag. We could play 2K. We could chop it up and I could feature it on the channel. Definitely check it out. And until next time, you guys stay safe. Peace.